0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Arnie's, or should I say, welcome back to the podcast within the podcast, the boys talking the boys. We are three aqua-themed superheroes that don't mind sharing a bowl of calamari every now and then with nothing better to do. I'm Matt Johnson, and always remember, kids, wear your helmet when you're in the Cold War.
1: I'm Keith Baker, and I think Simon Pegg has the happiest role in this show.
2: And I'm Austin Terry. And there is just so much ass crack in this show.
0: There's definitely more than just ass crack in this show. Maybe the occasional close-up of a peen, which, go wild, the boys, do your thing. (laughs) On today's show, of course, (laughs) we are talking about the return of the boys with the first half of season three over on Amazon Prime. But before we discuss the latest atrocities committed by Homelander and crew, do you guys think that under the right circumstances, you could befriend Black Noir?
2: Well, not only could I befriend Black Noir, but I
1: don't know if you remember from
2: the last season of The Boys Talking The Boys, Matt, but I can impersonate Black Noir. Mm.
1: Oh, I, I wasn't here last time, so you got, you're going to have to
2: yeah, show it please, to me.
0: please. Regale us.
2: Well, I'm going to need one of you to play Homelander and then speak to me in character as Black Noir.
0: Hey, Noir. Good news. Just uh, been a long day. I uh, just convinced a young girl to jump off a building and I called a train fat. Whenever he walked by and he was drinking a frappuccino, oh man, it was classic stuff, good for a laugh. Uh, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I always love you know telling jokes with you. I mean, come on, give me something. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks. That's what I needed. That's what I needed. I've I've really been practicing.
2: I, I hope you guys liked it. I did. It's perfect.
0: I mean, he's clearly. Um, Kind of, they don't show him much on the show, but we can never forget that he is one of the most like violent and scary members of the seven. But then they also occasionally will cut over to him during meetings and he's just like drawing like weird doodles and stuff. And he kind of seems like a child at times. So maybe if like I just like, I don't know, drew a funny picture of the deep, like getting punched in the gill or something, then like I showed it to Noir, maybe he would give me a little bit of a chuckle.
1: I would, I would try to feed him something. I want to see him take his mask well, off. Well,
0: gotta be careful what you put in there, remember.
1: I don't think you're getting that hand back if you try to feed him something. Even those, like, th- those
2: tacos that they serve? That Taco Bowl did look good. That looked real good. It was very racist, but oh, man, yeah, that was, was, that was a good looking Taco I don't even Bowl. know
0: why like, they like, He's like, surprise, here's a gift, and he served everybody Taco Bowls, but then they literally ended the meeting like three seconds later.
1: I know, they were all just sitting there. Yeah, nobody really got like, what to What a waste it. of food. <laughs> Homeland
2: there just called the meeting to do his Taco Bowls joke. Yeah,
0: Black Noir on the other side of the room was laughing as well. <laughs> all right, well, with that, guys, before we get too far in here, let's go ahead and get into it. It's time for the main topic of the show. I'm really excited. Um, it's been a long time coming. The boys is a show that, I mean, I don't really remember. You guys will have to tell me later, like how we got into this. Cause I remember I watched season one, like well after it had already finished airing. Like I heard it was good, but I just, I don't know. Like, I guess I was kind of superheroed out at the time, but I think that's kind of the big selling point of the boys is they came in here adapting this pretty well-known comic book series. And it's a very... Subversive. It's very violent. It's very funny. It's kind of the classic. You got your good guys. You got your bad guys. They're butting heads, going up against each other. But then as you get deeper in there, they start to become not just good and bad. There's a little bit of gray. Everybody's kind of bad in their own way. And some of the bad guys even show sparks of good at times. So it's a very weird show, and it seemed to kind of hook everybody. Became Amazon Prime's like huge flagship show. They came back with season two. And it's been like almost two years since we saw that. I'm sure they had some COVID delays and all that. So I'm curious with kind of over the years, The Boys has been the staple of like not necessarily pushing the superhero genre specifically, but kind of being the parody, I suppose you could say, of a lot of the superhero media out there while still telling some cool. Superhero stories in its own right but now that it's been so many years since it originally debuted like is it going to start to feel stale so I'm excited to kind of talk about that in the early days of our podcast Austin and I did episode by episode recaps of season two like we mentioned. So, Austin, I want you to remind the audience where you're kind of at with the show. And then, Keith, now that you've seen the full show and are officially caught up, I'd love to just hear your general thoughts on the show. And then, of course, let's top it all off. I want to hear both of your non-spoiler thoughts after that on the first half of season three.
2: Yeah, coming out of season two, me and Matt kind of talked about how overall there were some standout episodes, but season two for us was a disappointment on those episode by episode recaps. Um, It was very slow. With the whole Compound D and Becca storyline kind of being wrapped up, we felt as though they had kind of ran out of things for the boys to do, and there wasn't a clear mission for them until we kind of got into the final part of that season. Um, The only really highlight we had was the MM and Lamplighter storyline, but then that kind of wrapped up very quickly as well. So we were a little down on things coming out of season two. We thought the finale was great, um, but overall, for us, it was viewed as a disappointment, whereas compared to season one, I was super high on season one as well. I watched it when it dropped on Amazon Prime. I thought it was fantastic. And going into season three, so far, I think this might be the best season of the show. I absolutely love it. I'm hooked right back into the storyline. The team is kind of more united now. We're back together. We're not split up like we were in season two. They have a really great new mission for the boys um, in this season that I'm excited to talk about. Homelander has finally kind of hit the peak of his insanity, it feels like. And what they're doing with this character is super interesting to me um every single character now feels important and like they have a role on the team and every single episode for me in this season has just been one hit after another and i cannot wait to see how the second half wraps up
1: yeah man i i think i'm right there with you austin as far as uh being high on season 3 so i'll get a i'll get into that in a second but um yeah i'm i guess i started it off different than you guys because i didn't watch it right when it came out i want to say i have been season 1 and season two together back to back. My memory's a little vague on it. Loved it. Such a different take on superheroes. And I was kind of reluctant to get into it. Cause like you said, I didn't, I'm just kind of superheroed out with all the Marvel stuff and everything we've, we've been watching all the time. And, but this is such a different take and like such a realistic take on like what people would actually be like if, uh, if they had these powers, I mean, they would still be Human in the head and make human like decisions, but abuse their power to no end. It it was, it's a crazy, what a cool idea for a show. And then going into season two, I think I binged that right after. I think I was a little lower on it. I think you nailed it, Austin. It's kind of like they did, it did kind of slow down. Um, but I was still, still hooked though. It never, I never was not hooked on this show. I never got bored completely. Um, and then going into this new season, yeah, I'm really high on it. The kills are. I think even crazier than they were before in the other two seasons. It's like they just keep raising the bar for the amount of uh, insanity. Like you said, with Homelander, it's it's insane. But yeah, all I love all the characters, the boys, all the supervillains, superheroes, whatever you want to call them. It's just such a fun show, and I'm I can't wait till the uh, second half of the season comes out.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm glad we're back talking the boys for sure. Um, I guess my overall thoughts, and maybe I mentioned this when we talked about season two way back when, but. I feel like The Boys is often called, like, brilliant or genius. And even going back to season one, I've never been that high on the show. It's a show that I enjoy. I think it's good. I think the show gets a lot of credit, like, writing-wise, just for doing some of, like, the fun nods to, like, real-life Marvel DC movies and shows and that kind of thing. So I have fun with it. I don't. I still don't think it's, like, an amazing show, but just talking about, like, what you guys did, kind of the arc there season one, despite that, I was still pleasantly surprised and enjoyed my binge watching that one because like I said, I didn't start until after it was completely done. And yeah, Austin really nailed it. Um, and it's, it's nice to hear that you feel the same way, Keith, because we're all on the, the same point there. It's just season two, and I think I may have described it this way. It felt like they came out of season one like, oh shit, we weren't expecting this to be so popular. Uh, okay, let's do season two. But It's like they were too scared. I shouldn't say scared. That's kind of like a bad way to put it. But it's just like they weren't willing to raise the stakes, it felt like. Because really, I remember when we were talking about the finale that we loved of season two, it still felt like that's where the season should have started. Not a lot changed over the course of that season. You get to the very end and Stormfront gets really fucked up and Becca dies, which was crazy. But that's really kind of it. That's all that really changed by the end. It felt like so. It was kind of it was kind of uh, disappointing in that sense. Very slow, still fun. I, like he said, I was still hooked by it for sure. Still loved watching week to week. Um, and yeah, here with season three, I can't wait to get more into it. I, I kind of feel the same way. I, I'm really enjoying it. Is this the best it's been? I, I think quite possibly. It's just there. There is something about this show, and who knows? I hope so. Maybe talking about it with you guys. Maybe I'll it'll finally click. But There was something while I was watching these where I was like, it was the same thing. Like, I'm really enjoying this. This is really fun. I like what they're doing. There's some really great moments with the characters and some surprising little bits. But the show just never goes beyond. It never, like, goes to great territory for me. And I don't know why. Like, I like it. I think it's good. But there's just something about it that and I still feel it in season three that it's just not pushing beyond to, like, great TV. It's not going to make any great list for me. I really like it. Like I said, I know I'm rambling at this point. I just, I think I'm like, I'm disappointed that I don't know why I don't find it great, which is kind of a weird way to put it, I guess.
2: I think the reason you may feel that way is because it it kind of always stays in parody territory. Like every episode kind of feels like an SNL skit to me in this show where they just, they take aspects of the real world, like the Pepsi commercial, the infamous Pepsi commercial from a few years ago. They put it in the show. It's really fun. And you're like, wow, that was really well well done. Um, And then we just move right back into the story. Like, it never gets to a point where there's like a message or anything like that. It's just a show that exists to parody everything else and like make fun of the superhero genre, which for me is is what I want from the show and what I get. But I do get that it kind of never moves into the great territory where you
1: take anything more away from the show. Do you think there maybe I guess it, it brings more of a question than it does my like thoughts on that. Do you think that maybe they're building up towards something like really big later on? Like you think Homelander is going to and then we'll get more to later, but you think Homelander or, or somebody is going to do something drastic where it is going to change that that pattern?
2: That's what I hope. Um, The Homelander arc in this show is, especially for season three, is what I'm really uh, fascinated to see happens by the time we wrap up. I want to know where he's going to kind of be at the end of the season, like if he's going to fully embrace his insanity and kind of go all out on the world or or, or something. The one thing the show has always done well is its finales. It always leaves you with a good hook. It always surprises you in some way that was something that you didn't see coming. Um, And I can't wait to see how this one wraps up as well.
0: Yeah, I think maybe, Keith, there you kind of described why the show could be a little bit frustrating for me, talking about the pattern. I think that's a good word. Like, will the show break the pattern? And I think maybe over the course of these, you know, two and a half seasons now, maybe I'm just getting a little bit tired of what feels like the same pattern. And no spoilers yet, of course, but it just it felt like what you guys are talking about, like the hope, like in these first like four episodes, it felt like, oh, interesting. Okay, they're actually moving beyond their building stakes something is about to break the pattern the way you put it like it's about to all let loose things are about to get crazy i can't wait to see what happens and then there's some little things especially especially in episode four that they just kind of reveal that kind of technically the events happened off screen and the characters just talk about them and then you go oh okay so they're just going back to what they always do Ugh, that's kind of disappointing so i won't spoil what that is yet it's very specific things that Kind of annoyed me, but hopefully they pay it off later. But I I just really hope, like you guys said, that, you know, we're talking about the season three finale in a few weeks and we're like, God, they finally did something completely new. They built towards it in a great way. And when the moment came, they actually took it and kind of broke the pattern. Things feel new and exciting. I can't wait for more. That's what I hope happens. And I'm feeling I'm feeling like we could definitely get that. There's just little things holding it back for me. I'm hoping they're just teasing it so much that they're finally going to do it
2: this season and if they don't maybe it'll be a letdown when we come back to talk about the second half but right now where we stand today i'm super positive on this season yep same
0: here all right well then with that let's go ahead and drop the spoiler warning so if you have not watched the boys season three episodes one through four this is your chance to head on over to amazon prime give those episodes a watch then come on back because it's time guys the boys talking the boys is back which means we gotta get in to full spoilers Welcome to Spoiler Territory, everybody. As always, here's your quick little premise, just to catch you up if you forgot. One year after Stormfront's public reveal is a Nazi, Billy Butcher and most of the boys work as contractors for Victoria Newman's Bureau of Superhero Affairs to apprehend problematic soups, with Huey as their liaison. Stan Edgar offers Starlight co-captaincy of the Seven to rebuild Vought's reputation, of course, to Homelander's dismay. Meanwhile, Queen Maeve secretly meets with Butcher, letting him know about the precursor team to the Seven called Payback. Finding out the truth about the death of their leader, Soldier Boy, may lead them all to a secret weapon, hopefully capable of killing Homelander.
2: All right. So The Boys, of course, is created by Eric Kreipke, who you may know from Supernatural, Revolution, and this year's animated spinoff, The Boys Presents Diabolical. Uh, so far, episodes this season have been directed by Phil Grisha, who's directed episodes since season one, um, and he also directed the first two this season. Julian Holmes is our newcomer for season three, who did episodes three and four. And our score for the show is composed by Christopher Leonards
1: and Matt Bowen. All right. And going into our cast, we have Mr. Caller Urban as Billy Butcher, Jack Quaid as Huey, Anthony Starr as Homelander, Aaron Moriarty as Annie Starlight, Dominique McElliott as Queen Maeve, Jesse T. Usher as A-Train, Laz Alonzo as Mother's Milk, Chase Crawford as Deep, Tomer Kappen as Frenchie, Karen Fukuhara as Kimiko, Nathan Mitchell as Black Noir, Colby McNifee as Ashley, Claudia Dumit as Victoria Newman, Layla Robbins as Grace Mallory. Cameron Crovetti as Ryan Butcher. Katie Breyer as Cassandra. Miles Gaston Villanueva as Alex, Supersonic. Laura Holden as Crimson Countess. Sean Patrick Flannery as Gunpowder. And we got Jensen Ackles as Soldier Boy. Sarah Swire as Young Grace Mallory. And Giancarlo Esposito as Stan Edgar. Alright guys, there's our long casting crew. Any positives, any negatives, what do we got? Yeah, it's a very large cast and crew. Um, And
2: I know Matt's talked about this recently, how shows have such large casts and a lot of them kind of feel useless. I think this is actually an example of a show that has a gigantic cast, but they're all pretty integral to the story. Like, I I can't really think of any kind of pointless characters or storylines here. I think my standout for this season is Karen Fukuhara as Kimiko. I think she's just asked to do so much more than everybody else's since her character is mute. Um, she has to convey her emotions just with her facial expressions. I don't know how, but the way she does it, like I, I feel very emotionally attached to Kimiko. And then I also want to give a shout out to Sarah Swire as young Grace Mallory. I know she's very quick and I think it's episode three where we go to the 80s Cold War. I thought she was fantastic and, and just nailed exactly how Layla Robbins plays Grace Mallory in The Presence. And I hope we get into the flashback with her in it, because I thought she was great in that episode.
1: Yeah, she was really good in that. That was, that was a cool flashback uh, sequence. Man, it's so hard to choose. Um, but I think I got to go with Anthony Starr as Homelander. He, he really makes this show for me. He, he's got to be, out of all the TV shows I'm watching right now, I think he might be either number one or number two as far as like creepiness goes like he's the most creepy guy ever he's terrifying every time he's on screen god and it's just because he's not i don't know what it is i think it's because he's just so passive aggressive in the way he deals with everything instead of just straight up like showing his evil just directly he just does it in all in such a like a menacing and creepy way um and yeah i think anthony Starr just nails it
0: um i'll do two um we got him real quickly in season one, but over the course of season two and now three, we've been getting more and more of him, which I love. And that's, of course, Giancarlo Esposito as Stan Edgar. I've talked about in the past that I'm kind of, I mean, I want him to make money and be successful, but I do get a little bit annoyed sometimes. It does feel like he's fallen into kind of the, uh, I don't know, he's a little bit typecasted as the villain right now with like Mandalorian, Far Cry 6, this, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. But. He's just so damn good at it. So and I do feel like season three has given us way more interesting stuff with him. And I can't wait to see where his storyline goes. I think kind of by far, honestly, just because they're both such good actors uh, over the course of the four episodes. And honestly, it it might be one of the best episodes of the entire series is um, in episode four after he gets ousted and Homelander comes to gloat to him in the office. The scene that they have together was pretty stellar where he's just like standing there gloating and then St. Edgar's like, well, why are you here then? You're still looking for your approval? You want me to be your daddy? And then at <laughs> the bad end, whatever, he's like the, – he's the only guy that makes Homelander get this way. And he proved Homelander's point whenever Homelander's like, oh, I used to be so intimidated by you. And like you said, Austin, whenever – the ending line before he just walks out like a boss and he's just like, you're not a god. You're barely even a man. You're just a bad product. And then Homelander just looks like that's the most, he's like defeated at that moment. Yeah. It's so good. He was
1: so pissed.
2: I'm going to go kill Supersonic because I'm so angry. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: then the other person I'll shout out, I don't know if you know this, Keith. I know Austin does because I feel like I talked about him a lot. I don't even know why he's still in the show. He's a despicable character, but Chase Crawford is the deep. Makes me laugh Mm. every single time. (laughs) He is so fucking funny to me. He shouldn't be in this show anymore. He shouldn't have been in season two. His storyline was terrible, but he is absolutely (laughs) hilarious. (laughs) Well, with that, guys, I mean, we have a lot to talk about. Um, We kind of alluded to it earlier, but even though we only have half of the season so far... Whew, there There is a lot of storylines going on, lots of character stuff, and it's all interesting. So let's go ahead and just get into our freeform discussion. We all brought some thoughts and topics to the table to go into. Uh, but first, as always, guys, general thoughts. Are there any standout points about this season that we haven't covered already that you think we should? Just as kind of like a general overview type thing.
2: Yeah, you kind of mentioned him there, but Giancarlo Esposito as Stan Edgar... I think this season has kind of flipped his role a little bit where they're kind of almost like framing him as the guy that's protecting the public from Homelander. With him kind of being ousted, I'm like genuinely terrified for this universe because Homelander is now fully in control of Lot. I guess what I'm saying is in season three, I could see his point of view of like, he is the guy that can keep these people in check. In season two, he was just kind of more of a straight villain for me.
0: Yeah, but I mean, also, let's not, you know, drop the lead here. The reason that I would call him a bad guy is despite the fact that he is seemingly, you know, doing some work to kind of prevent some atrocities from happening, he's still complicit with everything. I mean, he still knows everything these characters are doing and he's okay with it to some degree. He's just, it'll be interesting, like you said, because Homelander is kind of riding high right now because he gave a speech where he kind of let loose some of his personal opinions and it actually went well. So now I think he's thinking, oh, I can do anything, but I think to Edgar's point that he will sorely regret not having him around whenever he, you know, kills somebody or does something really bad and Stan Edgar isn't there to clean it up. I think Homelander's going to be like, oh, shit, like people know that I'm a murderer or something like that's going to happen. So that'll be interesting for sure. But, yeah, he's definitely more of an interesting character this season because it's like he always has a game plan because, yes, like you said, we did get some kind of weird and interesting genuine heartfelt moments between him and victoria newman and and her daughter zoe but then at the same time as we know the reason he adopted her essentially in the first place is because she had the power to pop people's heads and he could just weaponize that to kill all of his enemies in opposition so kind of a good you know dad but also a bad guy so very very interesting character for sure
2: do you guys think stan edgar might have something up his sleeve like Does he know Homelander's weakness or is he maybe a secret soup himself? Because he's never scared of Homelander and Homelander could very easily crush him like a bug. Is he just a human who just isn't scared of this guy or do you think there's something else to this character that may get
1: revealed later on? Did they implant something in the seven without them knowing like some sort of like suicide squad sort of thing or like a push of a button? He can just make him go
0: bye bye. Maybe you have to imagine somebody like Homelander would know just with those kind of powers, but who knows? I I mean, I, I think the reason that he will remain an interesting character is because he's just a human that isn't really scared of Homelander because, like he said, you know, you're great because you don't have a kryptonite. You don't have any weaknesses, so we can just send you out there and do anything without having to worry about you. But he also is like, your weakness, though, is you're an insecure little child, and I can basically play on that. So I think he's not scared of him because he knows that he still has this power over him. Homelander still wants his approval. Um, As for his trick up his sleeve, my money I would put down right now is that when push comes to shove, when Homelander needs his old buddy Black Noir the most, I think it's going to be revealed that Black Noir is most loyal to Stan Edgar. Um, We saw them work together in season two in some fun ways where Black Noir was dispatched to take out Butcher at the behest of seemingly Stan Edgar. It was almost like Stan Edgar became Black Noir's voice, if you guys remember. Black Noir was going out on these missions and he basically had like some camera or some phone attached to him that Edgar could talk through so they clearly worked together and then of course in the cold war flashback we know that Edgar as a young man has seemingly had some type of close relationship with Black Noir at least since then so i don't know i think Black Noir since he's so silent we don't really know what's going on my guess is that and and he's powerful as shit <laughs> so i think you know well let, let's say soldier boy somehow Gets rid of uh, Homelander's powers like it's supposed to go. I I think Stan Edgar could come in, uh, get his old buddy Black Noir on board. I don't think Black Noir would care about killing Homelander. So I don't know. I'm not saying that will happen specifically, but I think maybe his trick up his sleeve in general is Black Noir.
2: Let's get into Stan Edgar's daughter now. Uh, Victoria Newman is very quickly revealed to be the head popper. And this was kind of our, I think, our post credit reveal at the end of season two. So were you surprised how quickly that kind of gets revealed to the rest of the cast?
0: Yeah, I was definitely surprised, um, but it was definitely a pleasant surprise. I didn't need it to be this whole thing of like Huey and Victoria working together for four episodes. And then he finds out, oh, no, she's bad. I got to go back to Butcher. So I was was definitely surprised that by the end of episode one, he found out. And I'm glad that they just kind of capitalized on that and had him, you know, still trying to be undercover working for her. But then going back to the boys, I thought that worked. So, well, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's kind of weird that they just revealed that at the finale of episode or sorry, the finale of season two, it worked for me that we kind of got that out of the way pretty quick.
2: I thought the one-year jump was super smart for season three because we got to skip all of the Huey works for Victoria and their best friends, and now he's really hurt. Like, we got to just jump to what's going to move the story forward the quickest. Like, season two, they wouldn't have done that. Season two, the whole season would have been Huey and Victoria working together if, if this is where we had been. I, I like that we kind of got, got right back into our more eccentric boys story and kind of moved through this pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. And she's kind of left with a pretty fascinating story because the question really is, you know, obviously for a long time, she's been kind of weaponized by Stan Edgar. But when she's running this organization that's trying to, you know, you know, take down bad soups and like lower like the soups, whatever you want to call it, like the damage they cause rate, essentially. I guess the question becomes how much is she actually bought into it? How much of it is an act? is kind of just a ploy that Stan Edgar put her there? Because it kind of seems genuine. It seems like she wants to get these people off the streets as much as she can. But then obvi- she's also a kind of a weapon herself, willing to you know, kill people, which is kind of scary. So, And now she has a daughter. Is she giving compound V at the end? Is she giving like an anti-compound V? I couldn't really tell. But yeah, I, I, I'm glad that I'm in a position where I'm actually interested what her story is going to be because they have quite a few options here.
2: I think she is bought in on what she's doing, and I think the reason for that is because of her daughter, because everything she does is for her daughter, so I think all these superheroes running wild puts her daughter in danger, so she's scared of that. I think it is Compound V, though, because she's trying to make her daughter a soup so she can be safe from Homelander, is how I took it. See, when I I was looking at the syringe, it looked like it was blue instead of green. That's the only thing
0: that threw me off, too, yeah.
2: But Compound V, the traditional Compound V is blue, just the 24-hour one is green. Uh, Oh, okay. I'm worried Homelander gave her poison and her daughter's going to oh, die.
0: man, that'd be fucked up.
2: <laughs> That's what I'm worried about because he says, like, here you go, original herbs and spices. And Homelander would not do that. I I think he gave her poison.
0: Yeah, I don't know. The only thing I didn't like with Victoria Newman's story, um, it's kind of just a bad effect of introducing us in these episodes that she is like, you know, they have a father-daughter relationship between Stan Edgar and her. So the only thing that didn't really work is then just like an episode or two later in four... When he's like, we have to, you know, sh- give Homelander a lesson, so go give this speech. And then she goes up there and actually ends up outing Stan Edgar. And it made sense later, you know, with, like, trying to protect her daughter. It just was a little bit quick, because it's like, we were, we just learned about their relationship. So then, you know, basically just to immediately go up and out him, it, it was kind of, I thought, weirdly paced. But that's sort of the only issue I had with that storyline.
1: Yeah, I was really confused by that. And it's like she hesitated, too, like, when she was giving the speech. Kind of, like, did a pause, like... It's like, mm, I can go one or two directions here. Like an out Homelander or Out Stan. And I guess Homelander's a bigger threat, so bigger threat to Zoe, I think is the
2: key there, because I do think she does genuinely care about her daughter.
0: Just a little bit weird there. Just a maybe missing a scene or two. Um but speaking of like outing themselves, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but I mean another huge kind of episode cliffhanger moment was when Homelander, at his birthday party, decided <laughs> to uh Go off script, he might say, and kind of give the public a little bit of insight into his thoughts. And then, of course, in the follow-up episode, we find out that his specifically his approval rating with white rural men skyrocketed. (laughs) But that's it. Uh, So, yeah, what would you guys think of this moment? It's one of, like, maybe the only moments in the series up to this point where Homelander kind of pulls off the veil uh, to the public specifically. So it was definitely a big moment.
1: And then, of course, he has to Homelander it up even more. And bring in Starlight as his like, secret lover or whatever. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. that, was a, that was another monkey wrench that I was not expecting. That was scary. <laughs> See, this is a perfect example of
2: getting close to breaking the pattern and then backing off. I thought for sure his going off script was going to cause his approval rating to decline even more. And then that was going to set him off and, and be, be the thing that kind of makes him snap because of his insecurities. So the fact that they're like, oh, your approval's up. And and then we're just kind of back to the same dynamic of Homelander playing stuff for the public, but also playing things for Vought. I was so excited to see things break away and, and see Homelander finally snap and then see how the show changes. And then we're, and now we're kind of back to the same pattern.
1: I feel like the only way they're going to like catch him being like Homelander Homelander is if somebody can somehow either catch a recording of him saying some fucked up shit to somebody or him killing somebody that's innocent.
2: That may make his approval rating go down, but Homelander is also not scared of that anymore, because he he said like, "Go ahead, release the video, and then I'll just go, essentially go crazy." So,
0: yeah, it was a little bit disappointing that like he didn't break the pattern like he said. It does, of course, you know, lead to some good stuff. Obviously, the more power he gets, the less Starlight seems to have as the co-captain, which means that she can't really get more power from the other members to go up against him. So it does get scarier and scarier, like basically the more his approval rating goes up during this like time when he's kind of insecure, like you said. But uh, still, yeah, it, it does feel like we're kind of just back to familiar territory, unfortunately. So kind of a give and take there.
2: Where do you guys think Starlight is headed? Because they keep flashing us these shots of her clenching her fist and we see she's got definitely some rage boiling under the surface. Do you think she's going to snap this season? Do you think she's going to try and fight Homelander. She just seems like she is getting to a point where she is just going to break.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think so too. It's just, yeah, I don't know what she can do at this juncture, which is unfortunate. Um, Yeah, they keep kind of going back to that fish shot. um, And the rage is certainly building and Homelander is doing no favors with like, you know, just like the little things at first, like, you know, changing her script, giving her more lines, wanting to force her to sing at his birthday, essentially. And then, Moving up a little bit beyond that, where kind of unbeknownst to her on public television, he announces that they are a couple. Um, and then, of course, going even further than that and murdering one of her oldest friends and ex-boyfriend, Alex, a.k.a. Supersonic, and just making her see the outcome of that. So, yeah, it's like her rage is definitely building, understandably, but yeah, I don't know what she can do. And this is another example, maybe good timing, to bring up you know, the pattern staying the same. It does feel like we've seen it before of like, all right, guys, we seven members, I'm Starlight, Queen Maeve, Deep, A Train. That always seems like the four, right? That should band together to go up against Homelander. And, you know, they have kind of advanced like the Queen Maeve and Starlight, that pairing in a way that I like and makes sense. Um, the worst example of what I was saying in non spoilers is whenever he kills Supersonic, he just goes, yeah, A Train told me. I was like, what? Why? <laughs> they were building an interesting A-Train story. And then just off screen, he told Homelander that, you know, supersonic is going to go up against him, I guess. So, yeah. So going back to the original point that we can get more into that later, but like kind of the building rage, it just seems like every time Starlight kind of gets a win, something is taken away from her. And I, yeah, I don't know what it's going to lead to. I mean, what do you guys think? Because Homelander even says like whenever her eyes light up and she's like going to kill him, he's like, we know that's not going to do anything. And he's right. So without help, without maybe this weapon that the boys are trying to get, I don't know what she can really do as this rage kind of continues to build.
1: I can, I can picture them pinning something on her and framing her, mm. whether it's Homelander or VOD or whoever, or just the general public. They could try pinning Supersonic, Supersonic's death on her. Or if, if Starlight does, in fact, snap on Homelander, somehow somebody will catch it and think that she's turning against the Seven. And maybe she'll become like a fugitive.
2: I could see her maybe snapping in public and accidentally hurting somebody. And then that kind of leads to her being ousted from the Seven. And Homelander uses that as a way to to gain back the approval that she has for himself. We know Starlight's powers aren't going to do anything against Homelander if she snaps on him. So I think we're just going to lead to something accidentally happening with her powers because she just can't contain her anger anymore.
0: And they've been doing this thing for seasons now where, like, you know, she knows what's going on. She's on the Seven, and then, you know, her counterpart, Huey, is on the Boys. And they both have their individual goals that they have to work towards with the ultimate goal of killing Homelander. But, of course, you know, she's the one in the shitty position because she has to stay on the Seven and get, you know, this daily abuse and all that. And I hope that this season... Actually, I don't know what I hope for. I mean, it seems like they're tr- they're like moving their way toward like as his approval goes up, maybe hers goes down and then she has to either she's framed for something like you guys said and she's ousted from the seven or maybe she finally leaves on her own accord and joins up with the boys. I don't know. It seems like maybe either of those outcomes is potentially what they're leading to, but not, not really sure with this one. Going back to what we were talking about uh, just a minute ago might be the natural transition here. Uh, Deep and A-Train are back on the 7. And, you know, I was like kind of whatever about it. Deep, like I said, I think Chase Crawford is hilarious. Him being back on, especially after not getting on during the season 2 finale was kind of weird, so then they basically just changed their mind in these episodes. He was like, he's on now.
2: I think that was just Homelander wanting to fuck with Starlight. Yeah, well, it
0: definitely was. So it, it definitely had a scary like, outcome in that way. And The Deep, while his storylines are never really that interesting, they're usually just funny, I, it, there is a sinister element to bringing this Church of the Collective wife on board, who really the person behind The Deep, if you want to say it that way, basically just speaks for him in every encounter and he doesn't go he doesn't go against her at all so they could do something kind of sinister with that so i'm curious uh but i think the main one to talk about here is a train who they actually are giving more screen time it feels like um setting up this storyline where he's talking with his brother who shows him this video of like this black kid or, or an adult i can't remember which uh was murdered by a white suit and then that white suit basically just went on tv saying that you know they had it coming essentially it's just kind of building up that like black people in this world you know need someone to look up to and his brother's like that could be you a train a train's like i'm i'm michael jordan not malcolm x that kind of thing but then it still seems like homelander keeps pushing him so it seems like oh maybe finally he and starlight and queen mave can like bury the hatchet and work together and then like i said off screen he's the one that tells homelander apparently that supersonic can't be trusted so i don't know just in general what do you guys think of the deep and a train back on the set
2: yeah the deep i just don't care about as a character, like I, I've never interested. I, I also don't find him as funny as you guys do. So every time we, we cut to him and give him a screen time, I'm like, I just am not interested in this. A-Train, I was a little bit frustrated by because to your point, Matt, I think the performance is good. And I think the stories with him are very interesting. But just the character I find frustrating because we've now seen two seasons straight of him just only doing things that benefit himself. And right every time it feels like he's about to do the right thing, he always kind of diverts back to what's going to keep me on the seven the longest and keep me in the spotlight the longest. I'm hoping there's going to be more of an arc for him in the second half of this season, but it seems like we're just very comfortable staying in this area of the A train just looks out for himself.
1: Yeah, he's very contradicting. Like when he brings, you know, at the meeting when he brings up the uh, the the black neighborhoods being targeted. So then the deep comes in and gives his wife's opinion on the on the matter. You know, saying, "Well, we still need we'll, we still need him, even if he is targeting black neighborhoods." And homeowner's like. That's absolutely right, deep. Yep, that's that's right. And then, and then Adrian's just like, "Well, shit." And so I'm with you guys. It's like, what, what's his what's his deal? Like he he has all these issues with with Homelander. He clearly has issues with Deep kissing Homelander's ass, but at the same time, like you said, Austin. A-Train wants to be the one kissing his ass.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's what, yeah, but that's the thing I didn't like. That's the thing that they implied off screen at the very end whenever he told them about Supersonic. So I was like, oh, he's the one that wants to kiss his ass? Because it seemed like, uh, you know, these episodes they were building up that he hates him and he wants to be rid of him at this point. But then, no, I guess, yeah, you're right. It just he would rather kiss his ass instead of the Deep. So, yeah, that was weird to me.
2: I think he even says like thirty years. I've done everything for this man, and I get nothing in return. So they keep setting up that he's about to snap, and now we're just back in the same pattern to to our point from the beginning. And he knows that Homelander
1: hates him and thinks he's useless. Well, yeah, he even says he like like leave him on the ground with his useless fucking legs, which I laughed out loud. Oh my at. god, yeah, it was <laughs> it was, was funny, but it also was, like oh yeah. my god,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just the way Anthony Starr does it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, but just
2: but
1: sad at the same time.
2: All right, well we've I think we've hit. Almost every character in this show, except our, our quintessential The, the Boys. Boys. So we got to get into them. Um, I'm super happy the team is back together for this season and we're not doing split storylines like we were in season two. I, I like that we're all working together. The only issues I have with this story is I think at this point of where we are in the show, everyone should be on, be on board with Butcher. Even Huey says like, we got to do it your way. I am getting a little sick of the team dynamics of like Butcher does something extreme and then everyone's like, oh, I don't know if I can work for him anymore. I think the actual boys team story has been really good this season and everything they're doing feels interesting and important, but I am getting a little tired
1: of just that little dynamic in their relationship. It's like Butcher, I don't know where where, where it flipped, but it's like he yeah, he's kind of stopped wanting to work as a team and he just don't, he just kind of wanted to be their boss now. And, and it is, I think his motivations definitely shifted when it came to uh, Ryan. I think Ryan really like put something in his head like, as far as like the boys' mission and all that, it kind of got put to the side, and now he's just he's just worried about being the best and the most threatening to go up against Homelander. So I think that's where he's at right now. I think his head's all confused, and obviously that's making it really bad on the other team members. Like when he calls out Kamiko, or Kamiko calls him out for like "What are you?" or "What am I?" Just your your gun, and he's like, "Yep, that's right. You you're just my gun. That's what you are." And they were like, "Okay, I guess that's how it is now."
0: Yeah. I'm kind of conflicted on this point, actually. I think in a perfect world, I think, I don't, because Butcher is kind of annoying (laughs) a little bit and he's like a dick and he's awful to work for. So at this point, I kind of get it. I mean, he's just mean to everybody. (laughs) So it's like, I think in a perfect world, maybe Butcher, he could, he should continue his mission, but I think he should maybe also just leave like to, to an extent, Huey and Mother's Milk alone then Frenchie and Kamiko don't really seem to want to be there either. They're talking about leaving. So maybe he should just get a new team together to say it that way. Continue his mission of killing soups, but get people that actually will buy into it. Cause I guess like I'm on the flip side of what you're saying. Shouldn't everybody be on board with butcher by now? And I guess I'm saying, yes, he should find people to work for him that are on board with him. If that makes sense. Cause he knows that they're kind of not. So I don't know. I thought, I thought it was a little bit weird. Um, but what you said, Austin, I still really like the storyline of the boys this season. Despite that, some of it's really hard to watch. Um, I do like like the temporary V. I guess you could also say is kind of um, increasing Butcher's like anxiety, his rage, and everything kind of um, these things that he doesn't like. So it's making him even more irritable. Yeah, I'm really liking the boys' story. But as for should they all be on board with him by now, I guess like I'm I'm a little bit more conflicted on it.
2: And I really dug Huey and Butcher's dynamic this season, Um, especially with Huey kind of realizing the only way to do this is Butcher's way. And now him coming back to Butcher and them being more on the same page this season. That's been kind of new because we've always had kind of Huey trying to be the moral compass for Butcher. So I have been enjoying that. Um, I do think Frenchie's kind of lost his role on the team. Like he's been the weapons guy, or that's what I thought he was supposed to be. And he's not doing that at all this season. He's basically just their driver. I hope they find more interesting things for Frenchie to do this season. Um, mm i think is great i like that they lay out from butcher that hey your job is to be the one that keeps the team together i'm just supposed to be the leader and the guy that does the extreme stuff thought that was really cool and, and i really like his kind of personal connection with uh, originally lamplighter and now with soldier boy i think that rage is really going
1: to be interesting for mother's milk hell yeah i love MM. he's so badass i i i because I, I love billy butcher too from not not from his the bad. Qualities of him, but from like the just the overall badassery that he has. And, um, but I think, man, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Austin. I hope his rage with Soldier Boy definitely shows, uh, in the next episodes that come out. It def- and it definitely in that last episode we saw with him in the like the warehouse where Soldier Boy was being held, you could definitely just like feel it. Will he take Compound B?
0: No, that's something I'm surprised I didn't mention already. Just with like, you know, shouldn't everybody be on board with him by now? I think that question kind of evolves by the fourth episode because I know it's kind of a simple storytelling mechanic that we've seen before. But really, once both Butcher and now Huey reveal that they took this temporary compound V and they both are basically just arguing, it's like, it's like, you know, it's the big guns. You know, we need it. And yeah, Mother's Milk is kind of just like, OK, so how are we any different from what we're trying to fight? Um, and I also think his point stands even higher. It makes me really like Mother's Milk even more. Because the way they shot it was, was super great. I mean, watching Butcher in that warehouse just with like a smile on his face and he's laughing as he's like tearing these people apart. It's kind of scary. And then the even more fucked up scene in a strange way, like at least emotionally, is whenever Kamiko's like not healing and she's like dying in the back of their car. Butcher's just like, man, Soldier Boy was always a bad guy, but that was different. What do you think? And Mother's Milk was just like, what the fuck? She's dying right now. Why are you even talking about that? This is not the time. And then it cuts to Huey, who's like, he he looks like I'm not joking. He looks like he's really he's high. Just high, and his his arm is like out the window, like waving and dangling. Meanwhile, like one of their closest friends is dying in the back. So I love this because we always talk about how this is a world full of these fucked up superheroes, and I'm not trying to defend them because most of them are terrible. But it does seem like. Just looking at the temporary V, I mean, if you're living your whole life with compound V, it clearly fucks up, not just like what you can do to people, but it makes your mind just it, it kind of breaks you a little bit. I mean, because here are two people as their friend dying in the back and they're not even really acknowledging it. It's like they don't even care. So it's really strange in, in a good way.
2: The temporary V, I think, is the best addition to this season. I think it's so interesting I can't wait to see how this evolves and if more people get a hold of it and it just creates like a bigger problem for the entire world that this universe is set in. I think with Huey specifically, this is drastically going to impact his relationship with Annie because I think he's going to show up and try to save Annie like he really wants to do because he's tired of being weak. And I think he's going to do something dark or twisted
0: and it's going to cost him Annie from taking the temporary V. Yeah, he's just being annoying just like, I'm tired of being the weak one. It's like, you're dating a superhero. But then Why is this coming up now? <laughs> so I think you're right. I, I think it's going to have bad complications with their relationship. I think she's going to be like, oh my God, look at the lengths you're going to or something like that. And then that might cost them the relationship.
2: Yeah, I don't agree with him in, in, in the context of their relationship being weak or whatever. I do see it from trying to fight Vought now for three years or whatever. Like, we're always losing. We always try to do the right thing. It's kind of how Lucas is in Stranger Things season four. Like, aren't you guys tired of being... Mm-hmm. Bullied that, like I felt the kind of a similar dynamic in this season with Huey, and going back into Huey and Butcher's relationship, another new addition for me, at least that I really enjoy in season three is the fact that they're getting along. They're not like opposing forces anymore. They're both on the same page and kind of they're ready to do whatever it takes to fight Homelander. It might cost them all their relationships and, and friends and people that care about them, but these two being on the same page, it's, it's really interesting and it's also kind of scary with the addition of the temporary V. Maybe
1: this will cause another split with the boys, maybe Frenchie and M.M. And if Kimiko survives, will go their own way and do their own thing.
0: If they end up staying with them, I I can't wait to see what the context for that would be, why they would. But yeah, right now it seems like a no brainer. I mean, before this happened to Kimiko, Frenchie and her were talking about leaving because they don't like Butcher anymore. So after this, I mean, I have to imagine that there might be a split and maybe like I don't know, maybe Butcher and Huey double down on the on the Compound V because now they're like, we don't have the rest of the boys. Now it's just you and me. We're going to finish this or something. I don't know. But to your point, Austin, it is nice because I, I always kind of got tired of, especially in season two, the antagonistic Butcher and Huey relationship because it, it just felt kind of cheesy. Like, oh, you know, it's the thing like we love each other, but, you know, because like we, we love each other so much, we keep butting heads. Like it just got annoying. Like it's like, why aren't you guys on the same page? Uh, so here- here I like that it was a natural evolution because Butcher's clearly pissed at Huey for a kind of like, in his eyes, selling out and working for Newman. But whenever they come back together, uh, it's a great moment. I love seeing Butcher call Huey and he's like crying and he's basically telling him that he was right and Ryan's doing well and he should do that. Uh, you can see it in Huey's eyes. Jack Quaid had a great little performance right there where he like, he hears what Butcher's saying. I think he feels really bad. And then the next thing he says is, Victoria Newman's the head popper. And then you just watch but- Butcher change and he's like, all right, well, we got to fucking keep going then. And then they're finally together on the same page, which I agree. I'm glad we're finally back at that point And hopefully that doesn't change.
2: I am curious about the powers temporary V gives you, because for Butcher, it seems like he kind of got Homelander's powers, but then Huey got super speed. I, w- I want to know like how powerful you are on temporary V. Like, can you go toe to toe with Homelander or... Do you Is it just kind of like a like a lottery of what powers you get when you take it?
1: And
0: is there any side effects, long-term side effects? Yeah, that's an even better question because like we already said, they're basically just treating it right now is that you get addicted to it. It's like a drug. So that's kind of what seems like the immediate side effect, but will there will there be something even more sinister that comes later? Um, which Huey will, of course, he'll find out about like some like fatal side effect, and he'll stop taking it. But Butcher's like, "Oh fuck it, I'll sacrifice myself, and I'll, will give me all of the syringes, <laughs> and then he'll, 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 he'll be willing to die, <laughs> yeah, for Ryan, <laughs> my connect four buddy." <laughs> then it cuts to Ryan like, "Don't do it, Butcher. Don't you love me? <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> You're gonna save a China."
2: before we move on from the boys team of course we got to talk about kimiko um she gets kind of it looks like mortally injured by soldier boy in the wrap-up of episode four do you think she's going to die and and if so how do you think her death is going to impact Frenchie? is there any way she kind of comes back from the century we we saw her come back from a gunshot to the head in the same episode so also what do you think it is about soldier boy's powers that maybe took
1: away her healing ability yeah, I don't I'm not too sure what his power is, but I guess it has to be something that yeah, like you said, it's going to prolong her healing. I don't know if she's going to die. I think there may maybe they'll figure out how to remove that that piece of rebar from her stomach and if they can do that, maybe she'll just heal really slowly. Maybe maybe that's what his power does for her. Uh it just prolong the healing.
0: Yeah, I don't see her dying at this point. Um maybe I'll be proven wrong and that would definitely break the pattern that we've talked about, but Yeah, just for whatever reason, I just don't see it happening yet. And yeah, I mean, the way I read it is it just seems like they were looking for the weapon, right? This weapon they keep hearing about, the weapon that, as foretold, killed Soldier Boy. And they're like, oh, if it killed Soldier Boy, they can probably kill Homelander. Then they, you know, go to this place and turns out, oh, there's no weapon here. It's Soldier Boy. And I don't think he ever had. I think they're implying he didn't have these like red blast powers before. So I think they're just implying that Soldier Boy is the weapon himself. And it seems that the weapon has the ability to take away somebody's powers. My guess is that at the beginning of the next episode, Kamiko will, you know, start healing again. And it's like, oh shit, what happened? And it's like, I guess it took her powers away. And then I think that's when they're going to kind of realize, okay, so maybe if somehow. We can get Soldier Boy to fight Homelander, and he uses that power on him. That might give us a fighting chance, because that might take away Homelander's his abilities for like, like I don't know how long it was, like five minutes, say, like it's like a short amount of time, and then that's when they could, you know, get in there and theoretically kill him. So I think that's what the plan's going to turn out to be. I'm guessing Soldier Boy's power is just that now, he, all of a sudden he has the power to take away somebody else's power. So I think they're going to try and weaponize that. But my guess also, (laughs) just based on the uh, Nicaragua flashback, that Soldier Boy, it's not going to be as easy as, hey, man, this this Homelander guy is really bad. You got to take away his powers for us. He's probably going to want to kill them. I think he's going to be just as bad as Homelander probably. (laughs) So we'll see how it goes. But that's my guess what the plan will turn into. So I don't think she's going to die yet.
2: Maybe it just nullifies powers for a yeah. period of time or something like that. I think it was called like the Red Weapon or something like that. So maybe it that that would make sense that it's it's just Soldier Boy with some Russian experimentation on him. And yeah, just based on the flashback from Nicaragua, he does seem like another douchebag. So it doesn't seem like he's going to out of the goodness of his heart just go fight Homelander. Maybe they have something in common. Maybe they end up becoming buddies. Like. I, this definitely didn't help them out the way they thought it was going to be. It looks like they now may ha- maybe have two Homelander's on their hands because they did say before Homelander, it was Soldier Boy. So they've set this up that this is a guy that is maybe equal to
1: or just slightly less powerful than Homelander. Well, maybe this could be the thing that breaks the pattern, like we've been saying. Could like be. Maybe, like you said, Austin, maybe they'll yeah, maybe they'll become buddies and now they got two of these guys they got to handle.
0: Yeah, yeah. I could see it going a number of ways. I could see him... Wanting to kill Homelander because he feels like this guy is in hot shit. I used to be hot shit. I'm going to kill him and prove that I'm number one. Something like that. I could also see maybe, yeah, like you're right, maybe they realize, oh, maybe we have something in common. So now in trying to do the right thing, the boys just ended up now having to kill two Homelanders or something like that. Maybe he just joins the seven. So either way, it could be interesting.
2: I think because of Homelander's ego, though, he's not going to like that someone just as powerful as him is now kind of roaming around the world. So maybe that'll, that maybe that'll hurt their relationship. I, I yeah. don't think... Homelander does not seem like the most welcoming person, of course. I think he's going to be really jealous that this prior global hero is now back and sealing the spotlight from him. So maybe that'll impact their relationship, too.
1: Yeah. Maybe, yeah, they probably won't become buddies now that I'm really thinking about it because because of the way Homelander is. But maybe Soldier Boy will still be a villainous murderer, though. You
0: know, just, you'll have, just have two different villains, but they're not together in any, in any way. I like that we're in a position where I don't know what's going to happen. So there's definitely a lot of possibilities, which I like. Um, just for fun, though, going back to that Nicaragua flashback again, getting that introduction to him was like it started out how the boys always as It started out really funny in a, in a fucked up way, the way he's talking to her. But then it just shifts to like this full on conflict. And you just watch how like cowardly <laughs> all the members of Payback are. And they're just like killing everybody. Mallory's like, those are my people. but. I mean, we should probably talk a little bit. I mean, what would you guys think? Like the crazy Black Noir moment? Just like, oh, he's just a normal guy. Just mask off talking. (laughs) He's like references his peanut allergy or whatever it was that got him hurt in season two. So, yeah, I I just thought the whole Nicaragua flashback was great. And I in particular love the Soldier Boy intro and the Black Noir scene, which I wasn't expecting at all.
2: I hope we get to see this at least one more time. I'm really interested in in how like this played out. Was, it was kind of cool to see the soups embedded with the military and actually have them be in a, in a conflict. I thought that was fun. Um, and I'm interested now that Soldier Boy is back in the present day, I want to know if Grace Mallory comes back into the story since they have a history too.
1: Yeah, I'm interested in that too. Yeah, it is it is cool they did that, that flashback because it's kind of like a... It's kind of like as if Captain America... Went bad. It's like a Steve oh, Rogers. Yeah, for yeah sure. it's just like Steve Rogers starts off like helping everybody in World War Two. Then at the end of World War Two, he's like, "Well, uh, that was a good job. Thanks for the money, but I'm gonna go be a, uh, a fucked up individual now and use my power <laughs> for whatever I want."
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly.
2: And another fun thing with Soldier Boy and, and kind of being the Captain America of this universe is he then was frozen in time by the Russians, which is another very similar thing to Captain America. It's almost
0: like throwing in Winter Soldier elements too, which was kind of fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but going back to the Grace Mallory thing, I didn't really think about that. This definitely could kind of bring her back into the fold. It'd also be interesting to see her, like present day Mallory, talk to present day Stan Edgar because they were both in Nicaragua together. He's now been ousted from the Seven or from Vought. Is there any reason why maybe them meeting up could be beneficial for both parties? I guess we'll see. I mean, Stan Edgar has shown that he's willing to work with Butcher in the past if it means like it benefits both Vought and the boys. He's down for that. So I could I could maybe see a scene like that happening. Um, but whenever I think about Mallory, I also think about Ryan and Butcher saying, you know, eventually, you know, you'll be in a position where your powers are strong enough and you're strong enough that you won't be afraid of Homelander. Is that something that we see pay off this season, do you guys think? I mean, or is that is that way off, potentially?
2: It's actually what I was just about to bring up. Um, with the Soldier Boy thing, obviously not being what they thought it was going to be, do you think Butcher's going to get to a point where he's so desperate for a weapon that he brings in Ryan to fight Homelander?
0: Maybe. I could see him doing that. I mean, that'd be fucked up. So he definitely, that could happen. Maybe
2: his his brain is kind of messed up by the temporary V. He's definitely more angry when he's on temporary V. So maybe that causes him to go grab Ryan. I, I could see, because he's, he's kind of damaged that relationship. I could see him damaging it even further. Yeah.
1: What do you want me to do?
0: You're going to fight your dad. <laughs> <laughs> no i want you to be my dad um yeah i, I could see that yeah i'm just curious if we'll be this season but oh man that'd be so messed up and somehow ryan dies during that
2: what if he puts That's... temporary b in ryan
0: yeah but what would that even do we just make it more powerful i don't know mm. yeah mm. something to think about guys for sure well kind of with that before we leave we're just you know throwing our theories out there which i always love now that you know, half of season three is done. Is there anything else you guys are hoping to see now that we only have four left?
2: For me, it's the payoff to Maeve's story. Uh, She has a lot less screen time in this first half of the season, but she has been training. Um, She has kind of become one of my favorite characters of the show over these three seasons. I've really enjoyed her arc to where she is today. And I'm I'm super looking forward to that showdown with Homelander that she's been training for.
1: Yeah, I mean, going back to what we were saying earlier about the temporary V with Billy and Huey, I think we were were kind of... Theorizing that Billy might be the one of the two to, to kind of take it too far, but I don't know. It might it might be the other way around. Maybe Billy will kind of figure out like like oh this stuff's not good anymore. And Huey, being Huey, kind of like kind of like always kind of like the the um you know the the small kid in class might form maybe a heroin like addiction to temporary V. Butcher
2: does view it as a punishment, and Huey is is super excited to take it. So they both went into it with a different lens. So. That's a good point. I could see that happening.
1: And then one other thing I'm looking forward to is what we just said. Maybe Grace and Stan, maybe they do have maybe a behind the scenes pact that we don't know about, a code red sort of deal. Like, hey, Stan, like all this shit we've been through separately, we gotta come. We got we gotta come back and, and use this one last weapon on whoever it may be, Soldier Boy or Homelander,
0: what have you. Hmm. For sure. Yeah, I think the thing in general I'm looking forward to is just like, will this season conclude with some, you know, the build up they're doing to a confrontation with Homelander? And the thing I'm excited about is we've already just talked about essentially how it could be any number of people trying to fight him. It could be maybe, I guess, in the best case scenario, which I don't think will happen, but like Soldier Boy can use the weapon, quote unquote, that he has to nullify his powers. Queen Maeve, we just had, has been training specifically to fight Homelander. Obviously, Starlight's going to want a piece of Homelander. Huey, of course, because he doesn't want to be viewed as the weak one. He wants to stand up to Homelander again and take a piece out of him. Billy Butcher, of course, will want to fight Homelander. Ryan, it's like almost like his purpose is to like live a good life, but also kind of train his powers up so maybe he could fight Homelander. So it could be like... Any one of those people or it could be a combination like I don't know. It it could be very well interesting and maybe while that shit's going on, you have Mother's Milk coming out of the blue trying to take his revenge that he's been waiting for on Soldier Boy. So I just – I think we're in for like a finale situation where there is another big – potentially even bigger because season two finale was like the Stormfront confrontation. I think we might finally get our main characters going up against Homelander. I'm hoping so.
2: But I do hope at the end of that conflict, it ends in kind of like a doomsday scenario because Homelander stated earlier this season I would take out the power grids. I would do all this stuff. I hope we end with Homelander maybe, maybe losing that fight and then fleeing and doing all this stuff. And then season four is Homelander's kind of maybe not taking over the world, but taking over America or something. And now we're in like a post-apocalyptic scenario where they're trying to hide from Homelander, find another way to take him out, get a fight with him, something like that. I I want to see Homelander snap and actually go all out on the world this season.
0: I'm nervous, but I'm really hopeful that they give A-Train a good story because they certainly set it up well in these episodes. And then they just, like I said like a billion times now, they just dropped off screen that he was the one that betrayed uh, Starlight and Supersonic. So they could still do something interesting there. That's the one that I'm most curious about. So I'm I'm hoping whenever we get to the finale that we're more positive on that.
2: And Kimiko, if she dies, I want to know how that impacts Frenchie. I think he will leave. I think he's kind of done with Butcher. Another thing with her is she's pointed out so many times how much she hates her powers. And if this nullified her powers, but she survives, does she seek out a way to have her powers fully taken
0: away from her? Maybe. She has mentioned that before. That's a good point. All right, guys. Well, there you go. That was a really fun discussion, very in-depth on The Boys Season 3 so far. Uh, Before we officially close out, of course, it is time to give our awards. It's the Arnie's Podcast Awards. This is, of course, the point in the show where we give just a general shout-out. It could be positive or negative, but it's something that we think, regardless, deserves an award. So, Austin or Keith, who's feeling itching to start?
2: I'm giving an award today to Supersonic, and it's the— What are your powers, question mark, award? Your name is Supersonic. Are you fast? Because all I've ever seen you do is write really shitty boy band songs and do terrible dance moves. So what are your powers? Uh, We'll never get that answer, though, because you
1: are dead because (laughs) of Pullman. Whenever they
0: were, they didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been funny if they had like
1: a scene where like Homelander's like confront him on the top of the building and Supersonic just kind of... It's about to do his powers, like maybe he just yells really loud and it's like supersonic sound or something like that. And <laughs> something like just, that, yeah. just like crushes his neck and just throws <laughs> him down or something like that. Or
2: supersonic knows he's about to get in a fight with Homelander and he just starts dancing because that's he all he can do. Dancing. <laughs>
1: oh, <God. laughs> I'm going to give the school bully award to Victoria for always stealing Huey's bagel every yeah, day at lunch. Yeah, I didn't like lunch. that. I didn't like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> that was not cool. It kept bothering me. He was like, are you serious? Like, just take it back from her, man. Quit being a little bitch about it and just take it back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was really getting nervous. They were setting up some sort of love triangle. with Huey, Victoria, and Starlight. Their chemistry was kind of hot, I
0: got to say. <laughs> I wouldn't have been opposed to it.
2: <laughs> Keith, would you buy a Homelander American flag dildo?
0: Interesting you bring that up, Austin. Because <laughs> uh, my most unexpected award moment goes when... Uh, the target in Russia gets killed by Kimiko by shoving a dildo through the back of his head, through his mouth. Beautiful. And then we just got an entire fight sequence where Kimiko's really only weapon is just that she's using (laughs) these like seven (laughs) themed dildos (laughs) to kill everybody. I thought it was so good. Definitely unexpected. So you get that award, Kimiko. Congratulations.
2: Say what you will about this show, but it does nothing but give you art every single episode.
0: People always said, hey, Ant-Man, why don't you just shrink down to an ant, go in Thanos' butt, and then turn back to normal size. That's how you beat him. And the boys was like, well, do you want better? We're going to go inside a penis to cause an orgasm. Then I'm going to cough because I did too much coke before this and then destroy my boyfriend. (laughs)
2: What a way to just get you right back into the boys <laughs> yeah. to that open was a with good. that scene. open. <laughs>
0: that was so funny. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we really would appreciate that to so continue to grow our show. Please leave us reviews as well. Even if you don't want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you ever get your podcasts, really does help us out. At The Arnie's is our social, and the Arnie's.media is the website. We'll be back on Tuesday for what I believe is our first review of a Pixar film, which should be fun and exciting and different, and that is, of course, Lightyear. I'm excited for this one. And then, of course, all the boys fans out there, we will, of course, return in a few short weeks, whenever the finale airs, and we will be bringing back the boys talking the boys.
2: Also, if you want some more TV talk from us, last week we put out our full thoughts on Stranger Things Season 4 Part 1. Uh, we can't wait for part two and season five. So if you want to hear our thoughts on that, be sure to go check that out.
1: And lastly, we want to hear from you. So please send us a message on Instagram at the Arnie's or email us the Arneys media at gmail.com. What did you think of the first half of season three of The Boys? Will Huey stop whining? Will Homelander find some more breast milk to drink?
0: That's always the question I have for him. He seems to find it in the most unexpected places. <laughs> so congratulations. And, and unfortunately, also, he might have to find some quick because you can't get any more hand jobs from a disfigured Nazi. So with that, everybody, have a great rest of your week. We can't wait to come back for Lightyear. Very exciting. And always remember... If you're ever, if your ego, you feel like it's ever getting too out of control, I always like to say the words of Stan Edgar. You're not a god. You're just a bad p- product. <laughs> See ya. It's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs>